We're getting closer. Less than two weeks until the midterm, the politics are getting thick. We'll cover all of it, plus the news of the day, on this episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. With Kurt Wheeler, I'm Dale Carter, and it is getting exciting because we're getting closer and closer to the most pivotal midterm election that we really have ever had in this country, it seems like. And we'll get into the why of that and a lot of information uh, that you should take away from this podcast as well. But let's start with this. Kurt's back. He's he's back from his float trip. Yeah, I'm alive. Yes, barely. Barely? <laughs> Did you run into a bear or something? Or no, what? no bears, but we had, uh, we had a lot of hard paddling and... Uh, Yesterday, the last day of the float, it was raining all day, and we had like strong wind and rain in our faces for like five hours on the water. It was it was pretty rough. Mm. So I am sore like literally everywhere: my arms, my legs, my back, my neck, my face. <laughs> okay, well we're gonna get through this. We're uh, gonna get through of the podcast, yes. just like we've gotten through the last uh, what almost two years of Joey B's America. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna start this today with an "I told you so" moment, but now you tell me that uh, the "I told you so" moment has passed. Um, earlier this week, thirty Democrats sent a letter to Biden asking him to intervene with Putin over the Ukraine. Now you may remember on the podcast. Some weeks or months ago, uh, we had an episode, and I said, look, man, if you're the leader of the free world, and there's a mess going on in Europe, if you're going to be the leader, why don't you call Putin and say, hey, man, come on, be Joey B. Come on. Come man. on, man. Let's <laughs> let's go have an ice cream cone together, and let's, <laughs> let's talk about this, right? And yeah. he won't do it. Right. And, and so 30 Democrats sent that letter to Biden, and I'm like, my God, they listened to the podcast. But but now you tell me that that moment has passed. Well, yeah, no, they've uh, they've retracted the letter. Democratic U-turn from Progressive Caucus withdrawing letter sent to U.S. President urging talks to end war in Ukraine. So, it's still a good idea. Yeah, of course, but it's just it's it's funny to me, you know how the the tables have turned. You know, I, I, it's like from from Iraq to Afghanistan to Ukraine. You know, the Democrats seem like they're always. In the moment, you know, like uh, like when we went to Iraq, you know, all the Democrats voted for going to Iraq. Uh, and now in retrospect, they're like, oh, Republicans are war hawks. You know, they're, Republicans are the ones trying to send your kids to war. We want to bring everybody home. Yeah. And now, of course, you know, with Ukraine, the Democrats, uh, I mean, and most Republicans too, let's be honest, but they're the ones, you know, urging for more spending to Ukraine, pushing the button of Putin even further, pushing us closer to the brink of, of you know, world war or whatever you want to call it. And uh they just don't want to have, you know, any reasonable approach to this where we can actually try and find a solution, it seems like. And the big problem in this country, and I believe that since we started this podcast, is, you know, it started with Joe Biden. And it's like anything Donald Trump was for, he all of a sudden was against it. You just made that point. And so, I mean, here I am saying, wow, Democrats, that's actually a good idea to encourage our president to intervene and get this done. And it's like, oh, no, wait a minute. Carter thought that was a good idea. He's on the right. Um, that's a bad idea. You know, th that's ridiculous. We have to get to a point in this country where certain concepts are good no matter who comes up with them. Yeah. And just for uh, more context to uh, Pramil, Pramila Jayapal, I, I can't, I can't uh, pronounce that. But Spell she's, it or use it in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> she's the uh, chair of the 
uh, House Progressive Caucus, and they were the ones that wrote the letter. She said in a clarifying statement, the letter sent yesterday has been conflated with GOP opposition to support for the Ukrainians' just defense of their national sovereignty. As such, it is a distraction at this time, and we withdraw the letter. So, two th- I mean, two things that jump out to me there. It's first, the first thing is just the knee-jerk reaction of the Democrats to oppose anything that Republicans even moderately support. And then the second thing is, of course, her, her line, you know, the support for the Ukrainians' just defense of their national sovereignty. Like, when's the last time they've said that about America's national sovereignty? They've mm. never said that about it. They That's don't give a different. shit about our national sovereignty. That's different. <laughs> you know, they would kind of like to live in China. That's why the next story here is about China. Because in China, I mean, she over there um, has it down. I mean, uh, now confirmed to a third unprecedented five-year term. And understand that uh, had his goons take his opponent out of the the building and has not been seen since. So he's consolidated his power for an unprecedented third five-year term. And the congratulations are coming in from all over the world. Uh, Putin and Kim Jong-un have congratulated Xi Jinping on uh, consolidating power for an unprecedented third five-year term. Yep, they're working on their their global, you know, new, uh, new... big alliance there, you know, between those big players. So, and we're not doing anything about nope. it. Nope. Scary times. Um, we can't even get our president to pick up the phone and say, Hey Vlad, let's yeah. go have an ice cream Sunday and talk about Ukraine. Yeah, and maybe do exactly. Some, yeah. Be a world leader. I maybe mean, we could learn what Putin's favorite ice cream flavor is. You know, the United States is supposed to be a world leader, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we just don't have a world leader in the white house right now. He, we do know he likes ice cream though. Yeah. Um, well, that's a that's a potential for a bonding, you know, uh, negotiation, right? Diplomacy through ice cream. That's what we need. We need to find out what Putin's favorite flavor of ice yeah. cream is, and we need to get some for him, and you know, have them sit down at the table with the ice cream, you know, and the sunglasses, and the come on, man. Yeah. And if you'll get your forces out of Ukraine, we'll put sprinkles on it, maybe a little <laughs> chocolate sauce, perhaps even whipped cream and a cherry. I oh, don't man. know. Yeah. The so, literal cherry on top. To our president, who's playing politics like never before, uh, we're getting close to the midterm. He sees gas prices starting to inch down just a little bit and says, you know what? I got this piggy bank back here in the backyard called the Strategic Reserve. Now, yes, it's for national emergencies. Yes, it's in case we have World War III and all that to make sure that our ships can get where they need to get. But it's, it's my personal piggy bank, and I'm going to flood the market. Yeah, there you go. 15 million barrels. Which, Which uh, is not a lot. It's not a lot. And gas prices are still going to be where they're going to be. When people vote, it's probably going to be in the Midwest here where we live, probably about $3 a gallon or more, 310 yeah. 320 something like that. And we, we've talked about this uh, a little bit before, but I went and pulled uh, some information on the consumption, oil consumption. And according to U.S. Energy Information administration. In 2021, the United States consumed an average of about 19.89 million barrels of petroleum per day. So that's what he's releasing is less than one day's worth of oil. Yeah. And when he made the announcement, he's still like, you know, but we're still we're still committed to our green energy and and getting everybody fast tracked on green energy. And I keep hearing these stories. And what I don't hear from our media, which the media is supposed to be skeptical, right, of whoever's in power. They're supposed to poke holes in the argument. I don't hear anybody in the media saying, do we really have the infrastructure to pull this off? Right. I mean, you're basically touting electric vehicles everywhere. Um, 
how's that going to work? I mean, you know, we have convenience stores. Let's say I'm going back to Indiana to see my grandkids. I've got a trip planned to do just that. My charge runs out somewhere, I don't know, Columbia, right? So where do I charge it? How long does it take? What do I do while I'm sitting there waiting for it to charge? Yeah. They, they, they haven't asked any of these questions. It's just assumed that this is going to save the planet. Never mind the fact that when you plug it in, you plug it into a coal-based system right now. That's that's on the periphery. I just want to know how it works. Yeah. That's, those are all great questions, man. Yeah. Ask those, media, if you're paying attention, which you probably aren't because you got a Democrat there in the White House. We'll get you a Republican soon enough. Then you can poke all kinds of holes into every argument. Right. <laughs> It'll be a field day starting in 2024. But right now we got Joey B, and he's going to be there uh, for a little while. Um, we talked about China here a little bit. Um, and one of the issues with China, one of the big issues with China is they're flooding our country with fentanyl, right? And it's coming through the southern border. Yep. And nobody seems to care about that either. How many kids, how many kids will have to die from fentanyl overdoses before we care. Yeah, there's and there's been some in, uh, you mentioned five, there's probably more that have, ha- have happened since, but there's been uh, some fentanyl overdoses that have hit close to home uh, in Kansas City, so we have a local story about a toddler. Carolyn Long. Serving update in a child's death we first told you about here last week. Police say that child died from fentanyl poisoning. We don't know how they got a hold of that drug, but a local doctor says this is a good reminder to parents to stay vigilant. Even a very minute dose can cause an overdose in a toddler. Um, so if there is if there is an opiate at home, if there is any kind of medications that could be uh, dangerous, they should be logged and kept away from younger kiddos. No doubt about that. And you know, as we we've got um, Halloween coming up here too, and a lot of it looks like candy. So this is our last episode before Halloween. Just make sure parents, you know, I remember when my kids were little, when they'd come home with candy, we worried about stuff like them sticking pins in it or whatever. You remember that when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. So parents are already going through all of the candy, but please look for anything that looks suspicious like that and throw it out. Well, they literally had uh, a bunch of fentanyl that was seized in candy boxes that just came across uh, last week or, or so. And I mean... You know, that's not to say that they're going to just be in the candy box, you know, put out to the store or whatever. But uh, it is troubling, you know, when when such a small amount can get into another pill or can sneak into something. And when you have so much of it coming across the border, it's very hard, if not impossible, to track where it's at, track how much, you know, is is uh, is being used where or, or whatever. Yeah. So it's just, especially when such a small amount is lethal, it's very dangerous. Well, and you know, kids, they can, you don't have any yet, but they can just be a major inconvenience. And especially with inflation right now being sky high, kids are such an inconvenience. You know, you should just not have them. Or if you get pregnant, you can mm-hmm. just get rid of the whole problem there and then you won't have any inflation. At least that's what Stacey Abrams running for governor of Georgia said. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. Yeah, I, I wish we could talk to Stacy because I'd want to ask her, um, how, how long should a woman be able to get an abortion? 
Should they? Uh, well, she's been asked that question, and and she what does had, she say? She doesn't give a clear answer. She just says the the same thing that they all do. She just re- reverts back to the talking point, which is that I believe you know abortion is a, a woman's right, and it should be a decision between a woman and her doctor. Blah blah blah. Which is not even what they believe, because it, it's ironic they they put on Republicans like Fetterman. Uh, we're going to talk about the debate with him and Doctor Oz, and he puts this on Doctor Oz like, oh, he wants you know the government involved, and I just want. Uh, the abortion to be between a, a woman and her doctor. But by definition, you're creating a program or you're advocating for creating a program where it's taxpayer funded through the moment of birth and the government is getting involved in that sense. So they're just lying about that. But uh, she just gives that answer. You know, it's the, the textbook answer. All right. Well, we need to continue to push them on it because they're going to continue to push us and say that, you know, um, we're going to have draconian rules in place. That's what the uh, mouthpiece at the uh, in the White House was saying, uh, that basically Republicans are going to take it back to draconian days and all that. And I know some on the right and, and I was I spoke at the uh, the GOP club for Jackson County last week and, and I mentioned this and you weren't there. If you had been there, Kurt, you know, I would have brought you up and you could have said that, you know, what your belief on abortion is, what my belief is a little bit different. I think we need to have a national conversation about it. And I think that when we have that national conversation, it's probably going to land somewhere around 15 weeks. Okay. It's not all the way over here. It's not all the way over there. And and I just wish that, you know, politicians on both sides would just stop. Just let's just have the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah, we should have the conversation, and people don't want to do that because the the, the overwhelming issue. evidence, in my opinion, is is in support of the pro life cause. And you know, you talk about draconian, and, and that's something that Democrats throw around a lot. You know, they'll say, "Oh, they want to put women's rights back to the Stone Ages. This is draconian. This is uh, you know, pa- uh, the patriarchy or whatever." I mean, what is more draconian? What is more like base level? Just terrifyingly ignoring humanity than saying that if you can't afford to have kids, you should just kill them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, like, that's uh, terrible. And, you know, <clears throat> all the way back to when Bill Clinton was president, the, their talking point was that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Rare. That's the word that they don't want to say anymore. Now they want to say it's a right. And if you get pregnant, you know, you can have an abortion all the way up to term. And, right. you know, the former governor of Virginia even said, you know, after you've had the baby, you can then make the decision. Make the yeah. child comfortable. Have a, have a conversation. Until you've decided whether you want to keep it or not. Then you can humanely put it down. I mean, they believe that. Yep. They believe that. And that's something that, that you should keep in mind, especially with the, with the big midterms coming up here. Um, moving on to um, the uh, forgiveness of the student loans here. Six Republican-led states, including the two that we straddle here in the Kansas City metro, Kansas and Missouri, um, have managed to hold up Biden's illegal student loan forgiveness program. And, and I heard a take on this yesterday that resonated with me. It was from... Um, um, I'm spacing here. I know exactly. Uh, Dave Ramsey. Okay. <laughs> I was listening to Dave Ramsey yesterday. And Dave Ramsey said, first of all, he doesn't believe in this at all. He's right. not a debt guy. He thinks you shouldn't have any debt. Right. And and I love Dave Ramsey, and he's helped me in so many ways. Um, but he said this is a political masterstroke because he's done this, right? And one of two things happens. It either goes through, and he's the big hero, or the Republican-led states stop it, and they've got a they've got an issue that they can campaign on. Right, it's still wrong. Right, yeah, it doesn't change the the uh, illegitimacy of the policy. It, I mean, the policy is 
both unconstitutional and wrong uh, together. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think politically it's a winner for Democrats either way because either they get what they want and they become the hero or they don't get what they want and then they have, you know, the uh, the talking point of Republicans bad, which is, yeah. you know, their main campaign. Well, and, and Dave anyway. Ramsey even put it this way. If you've got like ninety to to $100,000 in student debt, I don't even know what the average student debt is anymore, mm-hmm. okay? $10,000 is not going to change your life. Right. But spread over the entire country, what is it, a half trillion dollars? It's a lot. It's a lot of money. And the Justice Department, the stones on the Justice Department, first of all, uh, Biden's Justice Department, I mean, it's just incredible. If this were a Republican administration with that kind of Justice Department, I mean, you know, the pitchforks would be out for sure. Uh, But because it's the Democrats, it's good to be a Democrat, I suppose. (laughs) They are asking for the program to move forward while it's going through the courts. Yep, yep. What's the point of that? Well, I mean, what I would say, what's the point of the courts if if it doesn't stop anything? You know, like what it goes back to the old trope that we've brought up several times over the past few episodes, which is like the difference between something being constitutional and somebody having the power to do it. Right. If they can push through this policy uh, with, you know, and just ignore the courts, then they're going to do it. What's going to stop them? Yeah. Well, again, a lot of decisions are going to be made coming out of um the midterm election less than a couple of weeks away. Before we get to the building red tsunami, you know who else wears red? Huh? Our good pal Bob Watson. Hey. Right? I'm not wearing my Bob Watson golf shirt today because we keep it about 30 degrees here in the studio, so I'm wearing my Fort Walton Beach hoodie. Uh, but Bob Watson's in, and Bob, you know, he insures me, so he'd like to know that I'm staying healthy here in this cold environment. Um, he's been around for five decades insuring folks in uh, Kansas and Missouri. His office is based in Blue Springs, 7th and Main in downtown Blue Springs. Go see him if you want. He'd love to talk to you. He has a wonderful office. Have we been to, you haven't been to the office yet, right? I haven't. No, we yeah. went and uh, met up with him for drinks the first time, yeah. but I haven't been to the He's, office. You should see it sometime. He built like uh, the Taj Mahal, I call it, in, mm. in the back of his building there. You know, uh, he, he does a great job. 816-229-7878. He's been taking care of my family for nearly 30 years. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance, licensed in both states, and ready to help you with surprisingly great rates right now. So uh, check out State Farm. Everybody needs to have insurance. How many people have you I mean, I've been in traffic accidents before, you know, and the other driver's not insured. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, it's very annoying. <laughs> Legally, you're supposed to have insurance, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. supposed to have uh, car insurance. Yeah. Legal, schmeagle. I mean, uh, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing vehicles all over town that have the temp tags from like three years ago. Right. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah, it's a big problem. And, and, you know, part of the insurance process, too, is making sure that your car is, like, drivable. And uh, I see a lot of cars in Kansas City where it's, like, you know, the whole side of the thing is, like, crushed in or there's, yeah. like, a wheel missing or something, you know, people just driving it. Well, if, if people would get electric cars, we'd fix all oh, this. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, just totally. get the electric Yeah, just get car. a Tesla. Yeah, go buy a Tesla. <laughs> you can even get a tax credit on that. Yeah, (laughs) great. I don't know. Uh, Bob will uh, insure that Tesla for you as well. He'll take great care of you, I promise. 816-229-7878. Bob Watson, State Farm Insurance, a big part of Dale Carter's America. Now to the building of the red tsunami. NBC News poll. This is NBC, for crying out loud. On voter interest, shows more than 60% rating their interest level in this midterm at a 10 on a 1 to 10 scale. Not an eight, not a nine, but a full-on ten. 
That's incredible. It is. Real Clear Politics average of all polls shows 67% believe this country is on the wrong track. That is the highest number ever since they've done polling before a midterm. Yep. And here you can see over time, uh, going all the way back to 2010, the uh, right track, wrong track. And you can see starting around... You know, the beginning of 2021, it started going in the yeah. In it's the going in the wrong direction, direction. <laughs> um, and and that's going to be a sea change in this country. And and I, you know, I, I heard Nancy Pelosi say, I can't even imagine why anybody would ever vote for a Republican. I can't imagine why anybody would vote to continue these policies. Yeah, it so, just goes to show how much we don't. You know, we're not on the same page as Americans. By the way, if you listen to this podcast on the audio platforms that we're on, and we're on everywhere where you can get a podcast, um, you didn't see that little graphic that uh, Kurt just put up. Uh, We're also on YouTube. We're in the YouTube world. We'd love to have you over there as well because then you can see our smiling faces. You can see Kurt's tired face from his float trip. I mean, it's, you know, you get a lot more goodies if you go to YouTube. Yeah. And, you know, I I I didn't shave either, so you get to see that. Yeah. I'm still. uh, I did shower, though, so at least there's that. You're a burly man (laughs) out there fighting the bears and the elements and all that stuff. Okay, Um, early voting in Jim Crow 2.0 Georgia is at a record high. Record high. After all of the hand-wringing that the Democrats did about how what they want to do is just terrible. They don't want you to vote, especially if you're black. We don't want you to vote. (laughs) Um, uh, Yet record high turnout for early voting in Georgia. And I think we're going to see that across the country. When you see polls like the NBC poll and the Real Clear Politics average on right track, wrong track, people are very motivated. And they're, they're not motivated by the things that you might think that, you know, Joey B and everybody are trying to take us down the path on. You know, abortion, it's out there. It's an issue. But it's not as big an issue as what people are dealing with going to the grocery store, filling up their cars, paying their gas and electric bills. I mean, those are – you talk about kitchen table issues. Mm-hmm. Those are the issues people are talking about at the kitchen table. So I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering if Biden or Abrams or somebody is going to apologize about all the things that they said about Jim Crow and this is the worst thing since slavery. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. I saw a poll today that two out of five people in the poll, uh, you know, and you can bet they're all Democrats drinking the Kool-Aid, are thinking that uh, they might have a problem voting. They're worried that they're going to have a problem. Voting is about the easiest thing you can do in this country. It's too easy. I mean, I've said this on the podcast many times, and I'll say it again. I mean, that this article, to me, I mean, it's it's relevant because uh, to what you're saying, because it, it shows how hypocritical they are. And, you know, obviously what they were saying about voting in Georgia is not true. But uh, this is troubling to me because we, we shouldn't have all of this early voting. We shouldn't be, you know, having record breaking early voting, mail in voting. You know, we need to make it more, uh, you know, take it back to Election Day like yeah. we used to. Well, I'm an old school kind of guy. So I will wait till Election Day. And then I've yeah. never voted absentee. I've never voted early. Yeah. I, I go on Election Day. <laughs> I, I give them my ID. A lot of times they know who I am there in Blue Springs because I've been in government in Blue Springs. But I go in, I give them my ID. I go in and I do my vote. And then I leave feeling good about myself. Right. Yeah. I voted uh, absentee once because when I first moved to Kansas City, I was not a Missouri resident. I was still a PA resident. So 
that election, I did an absentee ballot for for PA, which is fine. I mean, I don't have yeah. a problem with that. But, and the thing the thing about that was it was very difficult. You know, I had to go through a bunch of paperwork. I had to fill out stuff online. They had to mail me the ballot. I had to, you know, prove that who I was and, and everything like that and then put it in the mail and send it back to them. So uh, that's a little bit different than just opening up all of these avenues for early voting for whatever reason, uh, mail-in ballots for whatever reason, you know, that's much different. Yeah. So uh, Joey B., the great uniter of this country, that's what he said, right, in the inaugural, the very first episode we did on this podcast. We talked about how he was going to be a great uniter. That's what he said. Well, what he's done is completely the opposite. And his new slam for uh, Republicans, he's got a slam for him. Go ahead and play it. Doing fine, Big Pharma. They're not hurting at all. And they're going to raise your health insurance premiums. It's mega, mega trickle down. Trickle down. Mega, mega trickle down. The mega, kind of mega. policies that have failed. I just got to pa- pause it. Like he, he struggles so much with like cognitive reasoning and like the English language that he, he's like so proud of himself that he got. You could see it on his face like when he says mega, mega trickle down. Mega trickle down. The kind of policies yeah. that have failed. Yeah, I got him. Yeah. They'll fail it again. Yeah. Yeah. It'll mean more wealth to the very wealthy, higher inflation for Play the number two. class. That's the choice we're facing. Play number two. That's why I think... Mega, mega, trick it out. Somebody's got something that you don't have, and that's, that's not, not fair. fair. I'm telling you. You know, and you talk about his cognitive abilities. I, I uh, sent you a clip while you were gone. I don't know if you saw that in your uh, messaging or not. I, uh, maybe. I texted you a, a message. But he was basically getting this tongue bath from MSNBC. Right. This guy was like all in on Joe Biden. And he asked about, you know, uh, if Joe was going to run again or not, you know, and is Dr. Biden on board? And Joe just I mean, it looked like he was having a stroke. I mean, it was like a Fetterman moment. Oh, he, he just stopped. And this guy goes, Mr. President, I think this is it. I think is this, this is a clip. It. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, I found it. And I have to play the other one, too, that I'll look for after this that we put on the And socials. by the way— I have not hey, made that formal. Pause that. Pause that. Because he looks like a cadaver on that. Yeah. I mean, that he does not look well. No, he doesn't. But it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh. oh. Dr. Biden oh. thinks that— uh, <laughs> Who's Dr. Uh, Biden? thinks that— uh, that I uh, that that we're that we're doing something very important. Oh no! I have not made that this, formal decision. This guy is going to run for real. You haven't seen that, had you? No. And we have. To- <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Okay. And while we're bagging on him, how about the ice cream thing? Okay. You know where where it's whatever is coming out of his mouth is like unintelligible. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta find that. So can you, you imagine if? Donald Trump. I mean, they got on Donald Trump because he was walking funny up a ramp. Remember that? They said, oh, my God, he's got right. some serious health problems right. here. <laughs> this guy. I mean, here, there's yeah, the clip. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, you posted it, too. I think I posted it yeah. uh, before. Try and figure out what he's saying. Well, yeah, and that, this one actually has subtitles which the one that i posted didn't. okay well this is about I, I guess the reporter was asking him why you know people running for office don't want him to come into their state and campaign with them right oh warnock said wouldn't say do you think they're making a mistake no they're by 16 there i've already gone in for yet and a lot more asked another 20 or so. 
What is he saying? Did you follow any of that? <laughs> Wait, one more time. One more time. said wouldn't say. Do you think they're making a mistake? No, they're by 16 there. I've already gone in for yet and a lot more grass. Another 20 or so. Do <laughs> 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 you like the Henry, Link- Henry Winkler thing on the end of yeah. it's classic? Did you follow any of that? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the worst ones, man. Oh and like gosh. his face, too. He's like, God, for 16 years, I know a lot more for the cover. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Jim Dingman at Funhouse Pizza, this is a great time to mention him God. because Funhouse Pizza would be a lot more fun, Jim, if you had video monitors up everywhere <laughs> and you just kept running these clips over and over again. Right? Uh, Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. No, it gets some more customers. Thus the name Funhouse Pizza. They're in Lee's Summit and Blue Springs. We've done live events at both locations. The pizza is amazing. And, uh, you know, they got the games there, and you take the kids, and it's it's just a great family outing. And Jim Dingman is a fine American, a Marine, and uh, loves his country as much as we do. And that's why he jumped on board with the podcast. And he's always doing fun contests at Funhouse Pizza uh, for things like Chiefs tickets and concert tickets and stuff like that. So go see Jim. 50 Highway in Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. And make sure when you go, and my tummy just growled because we're getting close to lunchtime here at the big <laughs> broadcast facility. Um, and pizza sounds really good, doesn't it? Aren't they bringing in lunch for everybody this week? Well, they need to bring in Funhouse yeah. because he takes the toppings and just piles them on top. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is a great pizza. Very topping-heavy pizza. That you're going to get at Funhouse. And the crust is really like that that thin, crispy crust, if you like that. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Polish that down with a cold beer, and, and you got something there. Uh, that's Funhouse Pizza. Uh, they were our first sponsor on the podcast here, Dale Carter's America. So who is on the ballot? You know, when you don't have issues that you can run on, when the economy is crap, no matter how much you try and sell it, it's crap right now. I mean, you know, you can say, 10 million jobs, 10 million jobs. Well, we shut the economy down. I would hope 10 million people went back to work after we shut down the economy. So when you don't have, you know, the facts on your side or the issues on your side, what is the the the, the legal thing? When you're, you're going to become a lawyer, they say, if you got the facts on your side, argue the facts. If you got the law on your side, argue the law. And when you don't have either, you pound on the table, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> well, that's what the Democrats are doing. They are pounding on the table, especially in Kansas. Because I, you know, I live in Missouri and I follow Missouri politics more than Kansas politics. But Sam Brownback is like their favorite, you know, whipping boy. Yeah. He was the governor. He was a senator. He ran for president at one point or another. Uh, but he is like the crucifix in Kansas because they're all talking about Sam Brownback, a guy who is not on the ballot. She called him an incredible governor, even compared him to Mother Teresa. But it's what Amanda Atkins did for Sam Brownback that's really outrageous. Mm. A top advisor to Brownback in Washington and Topeka, Atkins helped Brownback pass massive corporate tax cuts that wrecked the state budget, devastated public schools, and cost teachers their jobs. If Amanda Atkins thought that was incredible, just think what she'd do in Congress. I'm Sharice Davids, and I approve this message. Okay, so if you're voting in Kansas, and you're on the fence, right? And you go into the ballot, the polling place or whatever, and you're like, hmm, Amanda Atkins or Sharice Davids, how, how's my economy at home right now? How, how's our budget at home right now? Oh, wait a minute. 
She likes Sam Brownback? Screw that. I'm voting for Sharice. Well, sadly, I think some people actually will do that. Do you think that's the logic they're following, though? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people, we have very low information voters in this country and people, you know, they have gut reactions to people that they don't like. I mean, it's the same reason that uh, Trump, you know, is all over everything, either pro or or anti, you know, in, in all of these ads. It's like, oh, this guy is a he's a. Uh, mag, I mean, you know, we just heard Biden say mega, mega, trickle down economics. Come on, man. You know, they're rehashing all these um, large popular figures, you know, because they that's like the linchpin of whether you support this person or not is whether you're going to get the vote. And we have low information voters and they they buy into it. So <sighs> maybe that's go. why, you know, I'm a retired politician at this point, because I, I always thought that if I ran for something and when I did run for things, it was like, here's what I stand for. And here's where I disagree with my opponent. Right. We we it's not personal. We disagree about the facts and about the direction that we're going. Yeah. Um. And and we've just gotten to it's just gotten so low. And and I've said this before too, specifically about the uh, attacks against Miss Atkins, and uh, you know, defunding education and tax cuts and stuff like. She should be campaigning on that. I mean, if it was me, it's not my campaign, obviously. But like, yeah, I I am going to cut taxes for, you know, businesses uh, because of the increased cost to do business that we have in in Kansas and in this country. And yeah, I do support cutting funding for schools, for public schools that are failing our children and are too busy, you know, teaching about gender ideology and uh, critical race theory Mm -hmm. than math and, and, you know, and here's our like levels of our, our uh, reading levels. You know, our students are not able to be competent at this grade, you know, and this thing. And so, yeah, she should campaign on that. She should steer right into it. If, if it were me, that's what I would do. Well, and, you know, my thoughts on this education is not a federal issue. It's a local issue. Right. Uh, so why are they even talking about it in a race for a U.S. House seat? Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and, and where have our schools gone with our wonderful education department? You know, th- this all gets back for me to a very base thing. What is the federal government supposed to do, and how do we pay for it? You take out all of the other stuff. You take out play number two. Somebody has something you don't have, and that's not fair. The government's not the clearinghouse for deciding who has what and who gets to keep what. It's like, here's our government, here's how much it costs, and how are we going to pay for it in a fair way? That's yeah. that's the conversation that we ought to be having. They're not having that conversation anywhere. Uh, but in Pennsylvania, it was quite entertaining uh, because you've got Dr. Oz running against Fetterman, who is the uh, lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. And um, we've got like, what, four clips we're going to show from this? Yeah. And, and they're worth – I mean, if you're not following this campaign, you should because I want you to imagine John Fetterman – on the floor of the Senate of the United States of America, the greatest deliberative body in the world, arguing points. Yeah. Good luck. Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. He I knew that was coming. With, Hi. <laughs> good night, everybody. I knew that was coming, I, and I had to pause. The it. guys had a stroke. Let's give him a, a break on that. Well, but do we though? I mean, we'll get to. Is that, he but. fit to serve? Let's just watch. You I make the decision after the clips. I Go. won't pause it this time. Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Here's a man that spent more than twenty million dollars of his own money to try to buy that seat. I'm also having to talk about something called the Oz rule, that if he's on TV, he's lying. He did that during his career on his TV show. 
He's done that during his campaign about lying about our record here. And he's also lying probably during this debate. And let's probably. also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. And I might miss some words during this debate, mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm going to keep coming back up. And this campaign is all about, to me, is about fighting for everyone in Pennsylvania that ever got knocked down that needs to get back up and fighting for all forgotten communities all across Pennsylvania that okay, also got yeah, knocked yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. So, you know, he is trying to turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. I got knocked down by a stroke, but I'm still in there. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, like here's here's the thing like that obviously matters right it's like biden i mean his health is is clearly deteriorating can clearly. we not talk about that clearly I, and i mean now he has to talk about it because it's been made very aware to everybody especially in pennsylvania we saw that thing last week where he has to read off a prompter because he can't understand people that are talking to him yeah so like of course that matters of course it matters that you have a stroke of course it matters that you can't form complete sentences mm. like how is how are we expecting you to to think rationally and be in the Senate, you know? And it's like, yeah, you feel bad for the guy. That's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible that you had a stroke, but th but that matters in terms of your ability to perform the job, which you can't. Okay, three more clips. One, I, I don't think matters. It's one of those distractionary issues about houses and who's got that and who paid for that. The other two are on fracking, which I think is very uh, illuminating on Fetterman, and then on abortion as well. But let's do the house <laughs> thing first. Oz. I've been trying to talk about policy issues with the people of Pennsylvania. As a doctor, I listen to their ideas and I want to talk about them. When John Fetterman brings up houses, the irony is he didn't pay for his own house. He got it for a dollar from his sister. And he hasn't been able to, to earn a living on his own. He's lived off his parents. So it, it doesn't, it's not a topic that we should be debating on the stage. We should be talking about crime and inflation, yes. issues that are hurting Amen. Pennsylvanians that they're talking about at their kitchen table. Let's uh, uh, say he, uh, he got his... Pennsylvania right, House from his own inlays from a, a dollar. Mr. That's Fetterman, typical. we have to. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I, that's a distractionary issue. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, what Oz is saying there is very true. We need to be talking about inflation. We need to be talking about crime. We need to be talking about all those things and the policies that have been put in place that are making it worse. That's what this election is going to be about. Energy is definitely on the ballot. And this is Fetterman talking about fracking. And I, this this just blows me away. Play it. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Wait for the translation. Oh. Uh, I, oh. I, I do support fracking and I don't I don't. I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. I, I, do want to I, had, I had a stroke. I had a stroke, so don't pick on me. I had a stroke just watching that, man. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. So he was against it before he was for it. Wasn't then a John Kerry thing from way back when he was for it before he was against it? He said that in a yeah, debate. Yeah, yeah, something I mean, like that. I mean, you know, so uh, who's lying here? Yeah. All next. Right, next. Would you support allocating federal funds to transport women who live in states where abortion is banned to states where they can get one? And why? 30 seconds. I would. I would, because I believe abortion rights 
is a, a universal right for all women in America. I believe that it, I believe abortion is health care. And I believe that that is a choice that belongs with each woman and their doctor. Would you support? There you go. Yeah. So make of that what you will. But that is the uh, debate. That's for a Senate seat. I mean, some of these Senate races, you know, you got the one down in Georgia with Herschel Walker and you got this one in Pennsylvania. I mean, this is the future of the country at stake here. Yeah. It's getting, getting pretty hot. Yeah. Some uh, spicy stuff happening. And then you go to the uh, governor's race in New York where there's a Republican who actually has a shot in this race. His name is Zeldin. He's running against Hochul. Hochul was lieutenant governor, you know, when, when the other guy with the sex deal had to go. <laughs> yeah. Not because of, cause of uh, killing old people. In yeah, I had nothing homes. to do with that. So nothing crime in that. New York is a, is a big, big issue. And, you know, the, the the whole you know I watch uh, the show uh, Blue Bloods. Do you ever watch that? Mm-mm. That's a great show with Tom Selleck playing the police commissioner of New York. His whole family's involved in 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 uh, law enforcement and all that. I think you'd really like it because he's the guy who thinks we need to go back to the broken windows policy. Mm-hmm. It's like and uh, New York is so out of control. Chicago is so out of control. And and if you deny that, I mean that's like being an election denier. How can you possibly deny? that these big cities are out of control. And the governor's race is, I think, really going to come down to crime as a big issue. Yeah, 100%. Let's play the clip. It's about getting the guns off the streets. That's the first start. The guns. We have more to do, but I'm the one to do it. Did you want to respond? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Unfortunately, Kathy Hochul believes that the only crimes that are being committed are these crimes with guns. And you, you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism look at the look on, on our face. streets. It just hmm. happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature should come back and they should overhaul Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal laws with zero tolerance. But they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me, and then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Amen. Can I just say this about Kathy Hochul? Because we've got another clip we're going to play. You've heard the term resting bitch face. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you're watching this on YouTube, or if you're not, go find some of these clips that we're playing here. But that is the definition. Look at that right there. Of there resting go. bitch face. I'm not oh, calling man. her that. I'm just right, saying right, that's right. the term. We would never. We would no, never. No, never, never. She's probably a delightful woman. Not on the air, at least. <laughs> at least I think she's a woman. Yeah. Oh man, that is that is great. Okay, I'm so the other glad clip you what pointed we got? that out. Okay, yeah. uh, the next one is about COVID vaccine mandates. Well, let's check that out. <clears throat> to Mr. Zeldin, public school students are required to be vaccinated for everything, from chickenpox to measles. But you've said you will not require COVID vaccines for students, but the CDC is recommending it. Can you explain your thinking? Sure, and where. My opponent just said she will not mandate COVID vaccines at this time. Let me be clear to all of the parents who are out there. I will not mandate COVID vaccines for your kids ever. I don't believe that there should be COVID vaccine mandates right now for our kids at SUNY and CUNY and community colleges and elsewhere. Where just over a year ago, 
a whole bunch of heroes were turning into zeros, tens of thousands of people because of my opponent's healthcare worker COVID vaccine. What about polio vaccine? Would you? I believe that. I just got to pause it there. The the uh, moderator, like it, it. We're not talking about polio vaccines. Shut up. Would you? I just finished the point. I I believe that that mandate was wrong. And that everyone who has been fired should be offered their jobs back with back pain. There shouldn't be any special celebrity COVID vaccine mandates like what we saw for people who play for the Mets or the Yankees or the Nets. If you want to have a special celebrity exemption, how about the NYPD officers, FDNY, teachers, healthcare workers? I do not support COVID vaccine mandates in any way, shape or form. You want to deal with a healthcare worker shortage upstate and hospitals having services impacted? Well, then offer the people their jobs back. And by the way, do it with back pay. Yes. But, you know, we talk about hypocrisy a lot on this podcast. And the Democrats are all out there on abortion. My body, my choice. Unless, of course, you know, it's COVID. Right. And then you have no choice. Right. You must get the jab because the CDC recommends it. Now, I got it, you know, in consultation with my doctor. Um, I don't know that it made a dime's worth of difference. I've never had COVID. I may be one of those folks in that that rare gene pool that they talk about that is immune to the thing. There are some of those. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's not like I, I tried to go out and get it, right? Um, but I was out doing a 25-city tour this year. I, I shook thousands of hands, slapped people on the back. I was up close, and they said, man, this is the most contagious variant we've ever had of COVID. And, and I've never had it, at least that I know, right? Yeah. So what was and, – and Biden's had it like 15 times, and he's had every shot you can get. Well, they just came out uh, – this was in Britain last week during a hearing. One of the executives of Pfizer was uh, on whatever committee hearing they had out there, and she admitted that there were ne- never any tests done for transmission on the, on the vaccine. So they, they came out and said, if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. If you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. You won't spread it. They never even tested it. Yeah. And now they say that if you get the vaccine, if you get COVID, it won't be as bad. Right? I, I mean, where's the proof of that? Yeah. I don't. I, how, how are we supposed to believe They're just people? saying stuff, making stuff up. <laughs> who, who the hell knows? You know who's not making stuff up is um, our friend Austin Watterson. He runs Royal Roofing and Solar, and he's got an idea. His idea says, you know, stop renting your utilities. Stop renting from Evergy, and let's see if we can put some solar on your house with the new roof. Maybe you don't need a new roof. If you need a new roof, Royal Roofing and Solar can help you out there, and they can help you whether you can use um, solar or not. But at least have the conversation, especially if you're like me and you're seeing your utility bills just spiral out of control. Own your own utilities. And for some reason in my neighborhood in Deer Run and Blue Springs, I'm on the wrong side of Deer Run because our power goes out all the time, right? If the wind blows really hard, the power goes out. And then I look across the street at my neighbors across the street, and they've all got their lights on. So I'm living on the wrong side of the tracks in Deer Run, which is a really nice neighborhood. Um, But, you know, if you own your own utilities, if you're producing your own electricity based on the sun, now this isn't an environmental wacko thing. This is all about economics and and what you do with your own home. Um, Call Austin and have that conversation with him. 816-540-7057. I've known Austin for a very long time, uh, and the folks at Royal incredible people who will take care of your home like it's their own and he'll shoot you straight and if if your house doesn't qualify for solar based on how it's positioned 
He's not going to stick you with something that's not going to work because he wants it to work for you. Uh, Austin and his family down there in Pleasant Hill, uh, they've been helping folks with um, you know remodeling their homes and roofing and solar for a very long time. 816-540-7057, Royal Roofing and Solar. We are so proud to have them as part of Dale Carter's America. So you ready for my uh, predictions? You, you said we should start writing some of this stuff down. Let's see if, if we're right or not. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, we have the tape. Starting it's right now. rolling. <laughs> well, Republicans will win the House. I don't think I'm on a very thin limb when I say that. And I think there's a better than 50% chance they take the Senate as well. In fact, the last poll I saw on Georgia is Herschel Walker up by two. Mm. Now, he's at 49 in the last poll of likely voters. And because of the way the Georgia laws are constructed, if no candidate gets to 50%, there's a runoff of the top two. The last two times, you know, uh, that this happened, when both seats were up last time, uh, they both went to a runoff. So it may well go to a runoff. But right now, Herschel Walker plus two, and that's in the poll where who knows what's going to happen when folks get into the uh, the uh, ballot box and all that. Uh, so Republicans will win the House. Better than a 50-50 chance they take the Senate as well. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to speculate. Um that's no, you have right. to. You got yeah. to speculate. Yeah, I think that they'll. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I mean, we're not going to pull you out of here like she takes his opponents out in China. Well, like, if let's you're wrong. get let's get more specific. Like, do you, what about uh, Fetterman Oz? Who do you think is going to win there? Oh, I I'm very sad for your home state if they send John Fetterman to the Senate. I'm not really too proud of him if they send Dr. Oz to the Senate, but at this point, he's the preferable candidate. But at sure. least he's talking about things people care about. Right. And Fetterman says every time he opens his mouth, he lies. Well, I mean, he's talking about let's stop talking about houses and all this other crap, and let's talk about inflation and crime and things like that. Yeah. That's not a lie. <clears throat> That's the truth. Yeah. So, I think I think if he sticks to the script on that, you know, basic dinner table stuff and keeps. Uh, you know, and Fetterman keeps going in front of the camera and stumbling over his words and, and clearly showing that he's not mentally capable. I think Oz wins. Yeah, in I a, do too. a narrow race, but I yeah. think Oz wins. And, you know, in Georgia, I'm not a big Herschel Walker fan. I thought Herschel Walker was a great running back. I, I don't know that he is the senator that I would draw up to send to the Senate. Warnock presents himself better. I don't agree with him on the issues, but he presents himself better in terms of um, being in that world's best deliberative body. I don't think Herschel Walker does. But again, if it's a red wave, there are going to be a lot of Republicans going to Washington. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one, too, because, you know, all of this kind of personal stuff that's come out about Herschel Walker, I think, is going to have an impact. Um, and Warnock is a radical politician. I mean, he he's, he supports... Uh, taxpayer funded abortion up to the right. point of birth and and everything else so but you're right he's he's more polished you know he's yeah. he's more uh presentable i guess in that sense so yeah. i think he's got a good chance there and then out in arizona you know that's the one where kelly i think is the democrat out there in arizona for yep. the senate and he's the one who's basically distancing himself from joe biden yeah uh, and trying that tack um, but I think if, if if well, and we won't know as far as Arizona till later in the evening. So if Walker's ahead, you know, late at night, and Oz is ahead late at night, it's going to be a long night for the Democrats. Yeah. So those yeah. are two and races. Is to that keep in uh, mind. Kari Lake 
in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, I really governor. like her. Yeah. I, from what I've seen of her, I really like her. And she's somebody who will invoke the invasion uh, clause in the Constitution yeah. uh, about what's happening on the southern border if she wins. So yep. I'm a big fan of hers as well. Okay, uh, here's my next prediction. Democrats will immediately pivot to blaming the Republicans for the economy. If the Republicans win... On day one, even though they have no power at this point, they're going to try and couch it as the Republican economy. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. And especially given that they're trying to blame Trump for the borders. So. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is, as we know, it will take a lot longer to build what the Democrats have broken. We're going to need a Republican president in 2024, no ifs, ands, or buts about that, to completely restore what we had. And think about what we had before Joe Biden was inaugurated. Think about, and, and this was through like a year, maybe more, of the COVID deal, right? Yeah. We still had negligible inflation. Um, you know, gas prices were still low. I mean, we had a booming economy. And I'll never forget, you know, when Donald Trump left the White House, his advice to Joe Biden was on the economy, don't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's coming back. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden couldn't do that. He's like, everything that Trump did, we've got to do differently. Yep. So now he's still saying that, but a lot slower. Um, next, Democrats will continue to lie about abortion as a wedge issue. There's yeah, there's no debate on that. Um, wokesters will continue to lose favor. We're seeing that a lot, right? Yeah. Woke equals broke. And, you know, I went to a movie over the weekend, and admittedly it was a chick flick. It was the George Clooney, Julia Roberts movie and all that. My wife did, was doing homecoming in you, Columbia. Oh, you went by yourself? I went by myself. Oh, no. I was the only man in the theater, oh, right? Oh, no. I was. You shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I admit a lot of things like that. I'm very self-deprecating in that way. Um, and um, the point I was going to make was I was looking at the previews for the coming attractions. Now, we know that the movies have not come back to the level that they were. Right. And it's like every Hollywood person is trying to get their project made right now. I'm watching that preview going, what the hell is that about? Mm -hmm. And have no interest in it. And yep. what they're going to continue to find is woke equals broke. Yeah, we've certainly seen that with Hollywood and uh, television, you know, and, and things like that. Uh, it tends to be, especially with movies, but with other things too, you know, they try and come out, you know, crowbar these agendas into, into every movie, you know, uh, have a gay character or have, you know, uh, whatever racial grievance narrative. And it, it tends to not work out for them in the box office. So, all right, next prediction, January 6th will die on the vine with Republicans taking the house. They just, <clears throat> they'll, they'll shut it down. If Kevin McCarthy's the speaker, that thing dies, uh, they'll bury it like a cat turd. Maybe, maybe. I mean, we have a lot of weak Republicans, you know, like Liz Cheney and others that are trying to. Well, she's not going to be there. Yeah, that's <laughs> she true. lost. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I don't about know about that. the other guy because they only had two Republicans on the committee, and they both were Trump haters. Did the other Kinsinger maybe? Yeah, Kinsinger. Did yeah. he win? Uh, I don't know his primary. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. But we know that uh, Liz Cheney won't be there. But she's going to make sure that Donald Trump never becomes president ever again. I think you're. You may be right that they may shut down the committee, or if if the Republicans take the majority. But there's no way that the January sixth thing is going away, especially if Trump announces that he's running for president in 2024. The Democrats will do everything in their power. 
uh, everything that they can possibly do with the media, with whatever uh, authority they have in Congress yeah. uh, to just keep rehashing that over and over again until 2024. Well, if the Republicans take the House, they won't have any authority to do that. Right now, the reason why this committee is set up the way it is is because Nancy Pelosi dictated that's the way it would be set up. The Speaker of the House has a lot of power mm-hmm. in that room. So that's my prediction on We'll see. Uh, next prediction for me is the Durham investigation over the Russia hoax will also fizzle. Uh, And we've seen him take a lot of these things to court and lose in court uh, because he has to try these things in the District of Columbia. And he is never going to get a conviction on anything like this in the District of Columbia. So it's going to die on the bind as well. Uh, Right after this uh, shellacking that that we have predicted is going to happen, Biden will announce he's not going to run again. I just I, I can't see any scenario, Kurt, where this guy I don't even know that he'll complete this term. I mean, he is going downhill that fast. Yeah. So you think after the midterm election, he'll announce that he's not running again? Yeah. Because, I mean, they're already out there. I mean, you got the guy out in California, you know, who's measuring the drapes in the West Wing. I mean, there are Democrats out there who who want to run. And honestly, I— uh, who knows what Trump's going to do? I think Trump in his own mind knows what he's going to do. But as far as me and what my opinion is, I want all these people to go away. I'm sick of the Clintons. Uh, I'm sick of Biden. Um, you know, I'm sick of Trump. Uh, I want to see two new faces out there debating the issues and not talking about bullshit things that nobody cares about. Let's debate the issues, have a national debate with two fresh faces who don't come with their own baggage train. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, whether that happens or not. We will see. But I don't think Biden runs again. And I think that that announcement comes pretty quick. Um, And then Hillary has already publicly stated that the Republicans will steal the 2024 election. Don't just take my word for it. We have Hillary Clinton in her own words. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. Damn. And they're not making a secret of it. Damn. She knows. The right-wing-controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. All right. So here's my question on this, because they're all over Donald Trump and the big lie and election deniers and all that. And we have her on tape. We had this last time. Can you make that face go away? I just I can't I I can't look at that. Um, Anyway, um, we have her uh, in her own words, basically saying that uh, Donald Trump stole the election. Right. That that was a a fake election and all that. You got Stacey Abrams basically saying she was elected governor, even though she wasn't. Uh, that's okay because they're Democrats; they get away with it. Trump fought tooth and nail to try and stay in the White House. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he he took every legal avenue, and in his own mind, he still thinks he won. Okay, that's him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, can you be an election denier for the future? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing. Obviously, it's like we. As we as in conservatives or Republicans, you know, can't even bring up legitimate concerns about the uh, integrity of an election with all of these extra measures that were put in place because of COVID and everything else. But uh, if you're a Democrat, you can not only deny past elections, but you can deny future elections yeah. before they even happen. Yeah. You know, there it's like 
it's just the ends justify the means. You know, if we win, it's good. It's democracy. It's, uh, you know, democracy acting the way it should. And if we lose, it's, it's an attack on democracy. It's fascism. It's, you know, everything bad. I was having this debate on Facebook and, you know, my wife always tells me, stop arguing with liberals on Facebook. And I should, I, you know, I have to write that a hundred times now on the blackboard or whatever, <laughs> that I won't argue with liberals. It's on hard Facebook. not to. It's, it's very really tempting. hard, you yeah. know, because these people, like Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, they basically look at the Constitution as a suggestion, okay? We look at it as the framework for this country and how it was founded, okay? If something doesn't go their way, they're like, eh, just throw that part out. We, we don't want that. They're like Catholics, you know, and, and I am a Catholic, and I'm, I'm a horrible Catholic, okay? Um, Bob Watson's a Catholic. We should talk about Bob again. We're going to talk about Bob again. Uh, but anyway, there are Catholics out there who say, I'll do this part, but I'm not going to do that part. Right. Okay, that's how Democrats are. They're they're like the Constitution, eh? You know, so what? You know, the Electoral College is in the Constitution. They ate it, right? They want Chicago, New York, L.A., San Francisco to determine the presidential election. That's not how the country was founded. Yet, if the will of the people is to throw out the Electoral College, there's a there there's a way to get it done. Right. See if you can get a national amendment to get that done. You can't because when we only had 13 states, 13 colonies, you know, the compromise to get those 13 colonies, different governments to come together as a nation was, okay, the small states get a little power too. And that constitution is all about protecting the rights of the minority, not the majority, right? Yeah. And God forbid, you know, the states take any control over their, you know, over the election process. I mean, that that's... We didn't finish the Hillary clip, but that's what she was getting to was that uh, something with the Supreme Court and the state uh, legislatures, you know, having the ability to ratify uh, national elections, which is already the case. I mean, the they states, do have that. It's yeah, in the Constitution. Yeah. The states already select the the process for how their electors are going to vote yeah. in the Electoral College. We already have that. So God forbid, you know, the states take some of their freedom, some of their rights back, you know, from the federal government. Well, we can't have that. That's well, an attack on democracy. And here's another, you know, commercial, if you will, for the Constitution. Um, the, you know, the way it used to be done for the Senate was the state legislature would select the two senators. Right. The people had no, no say in it. Right. Right. And so, you know, the, the feeling in the country was, well, we think we ought to elect our senators, too. So that's there's an amendment in the Constitution about direct electing yeah. of senators. It was not always that way. The, the way the Constitution is drafted, it doesn't always have to be that way. But there is a real arduous process for changing it, and right. there should be because we don't live in a democracy. You know, Democrats. It's a uh, republic. Throw that term around very loosely, but we don't live in a democracy. And things like state representation in the national government matters a lot, and that's why we had uh, indirect. You know, through we had election of senators through the state legislatures because those people uh, voted on by the states were going to represent that state's interest in the national government. You know, right. pe most people who vote uh, in their state, like for Senate, you know, whether they're voting for Fetterman or Oz, they're not voting for them because they want representation of Pennsylvania in the government. They're, re they're voting for them because of the issues, because they agree with them on this, yeah. this issue or that issue. Whereas uh, the way that it should work is that the Senate is a literal representation of the states in the, in the government. Yeah. So without that amendment, can you imagine with where the state legislatures are right now in this country, what the makeup of the United States Senate would be? It would be a lot more red. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot more red. Yeah. And it would be a lot more um, 
polarized too, I think, because, you know, you'd have a lot more right wing Republicans and you'd have crazy left wing Democrats, you know, because there would be uh, no, you know, vote involved. They could just put in whoever they want. So, yeah, well, I'm glad we have that amendment and I'm glad the Constitution is what it is. And if you don't like it, there's a process for changing it and just changing the rules like packing the court, getting rid of the Senate filibuster. It always blows back on Democrats and then they whine. It's like, wait a minute we should be doing this. It's like, well, you changed it. Mm-hmm. So here we are. <laughs> right. So, right. all right. We mentioned the color red again, and that always reminds me of my favorite State Farm agent, Bob Watson. And um, if you're needing insurance, you need to get a quote. He's the guy. At least give him a call. Because if you listen to this podcast and you've made it this far into the episode, you either really hate us or you really love us. So if you really love us, Bob Watson is your insurance agent. 816-229-7878. State Farm, surprisingly great rates. And uh, Bob is licensed to deal in auto, home, life, commercial insurance, boat insurance. If you can insure it, Bob Watson will get it done for you. Um, So check him out. Uh, If you're watching on um, YouTube, you've got the link right there. But I'll give you the phone number, 816-229-7878. Bob and his entire team, they've been working for me for 27 years. They're ready to go to work for you as well. And Bob, we thank you for being part of our podcast. Now, we leave you with this, and I'm an optimistic, glass-half-full kind of a guy, but there are things going on in this country that just really, you know, make me sad. And as we get closer to Halloween and turn the corner, then Thanksgiving is just around the corner. The next thing, I mean, remember when Joey said that the, the whole inflation thing was temporary? Yeah. What's the definition of temporary? How long is this going to last? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Not very long. <laughs> well, now it's uh, it's hit the whole turkey market. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast right now, here's a tip. Go to the store, get your turkey now, and put it in the freezer because yeah. it might not be available by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. Inflation hits the bird food, transportation costs to get the turkeys there. There's a bird flu epidemic, um, and it's also Putin's fault. But just remember, as we leave you today with Dale Carter's America getting you ready for the midterm in less than two weeks, remember, nothing is ever Joey's fault. We good on that? Yeah. All right. Until next time, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.